0: Hello and welcome to The Solutions Podcast. Each episode, we take a tough problem and talk to experts who are solving that problem. I'm your host this week, Casa Morali. Thanks for joining us. The problem this episode seeks to solve is that there aren't enough safe spaces for LGBTQ plus youths in high school. Alberta may have had the solution with in-school clubs called Gay-Straight Alliances, commonly referred to as GSAs. However, with the election of Alberta's premier Jason Kenney, GSAs have lost traction and teachers are required to inform parents whether or not their child has joined their school's Gay-Straight Alliance. We begin with journalist Hadil Abdel-Nabi interviewing Shane Scott, a policy analyst for the government of Alberta. Shane was kind enough to call into our studio from Edmonton and share his story. Shane identifies as a gay man and was the first person to start a Gay-Straight Alliance in Forest Lawn High School.
1: So you were on student council for Forest Lawn, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what year did you start it? Like when did this all go down? Cause I have a vagrant memory of it, but, um, maybe you can sort of jog that for me.
2: Yeah. So, uh, it would have been in like the second semester of grade 11 is when we got it started. So that would have been like, um, the spring of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, it really like was in full swing for 2012, 2013, like our grade 12 year.
1: And you were the first person to sort of initiate this at Force Lawn?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, myself and um, Stephanie Ross was also involved a little bit in like the initial planning of it. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: and then I, once the, the GSA was kind of up and running and like that uh, from that springtime into the, the, the next year, I was kind of the, the lead on it.
1: So can you walk yeah. me through a little bit about like what a G- gsa is for someone who doesn't really understand um it could, because i know it goes beyond just a student club um on a, on a campus like it goes a lot deeper than that um so can you just maybe talk to that a little bit
2: yeah i mean gsas like fundamentally are um a student group and so they're they're for students by students sort of thing and the idea behind it is that they're um at their core, a safe space where students can gather to share their own experiences, um, and to just kind of, um, kind of build solidarity with each other. And, um, one thing we always said with, with the GSA was like, it's a, it's a gay straight alliance because it's, um, and a lot of students now call them queer straight alliances because it's a, a space for community members and non-community members to both come together, um, and just build a community of their own and um that's definitely what we tried to do we had like lunch meetings and uh we'd watch like ted talks or talk short documentaries and talk about them and um we tried to organize some some small campaigns but fundamentally it just was like a weekly place where people could come get together and just um build friendships and build relationships um and kind of find a support network if they weren't um well, to find a support network period and I think why they're really important is because for some people who don't have anywhere else to find a support network um they become that that really key kind of anchor for a lot of people
4: mm-hmm.
2: um and so it's definitely it's like a social club basically but um I think the the value of it extends beyond like a chess club <laughs> for <Yeah>. instance <laughs>
1: um in your experience can you remember a moment where you really realized that this was effectively a safe space for you
2: yeah I think um I know one of the things that like I had a lot of trouble with um in my own experience was around um kind of the experience around coming out and um what um kind of what that meant for myself and my relationship with my family and I know there we there was a number of um different topics we covered but one of them was around um, around coming out and it was the first time that i had realized i had i was in a room of people that i could like actually share what my experience was like and not feel um like i had to give like the nice version of it um mm-hmm. like i i was able to actually like express my own emotion my own feelings and um and kind of all the all the parts that are messy that go along with that that i haven't been able to before um i think that was like my probably like my like my aha moment for myself, at least, that I was like, this is really, there's power here. That is uh, very valuable.
1: So what would your ideal solution be to the issue of, you know, um, politicizing uh, GSAs specifically? Like, what would the solution look like for you in your ideal world?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of the the kind of legislated pieces that came forward under the, the last government um, were put in place to try and provide that assurance to, to, to students. And I, part of it was almost a, a, a pushback to like the, to the act of the politicalization. Like, I think it wasn't until um, it, like we were living under a, a time when it was banned and schools weren't able to out kids. Um, but it wasn't until it got pulled back into the like, the political realm in the last election that um, there was suddenly an issue about it again. Like it seemed like it should have been a done deal. Um, and so I think, um, I think we need to have that, that assurance from, um, like central like government, um, ministry of education that says, you know, no, you cannot alert parents to like participation in this kind of club.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I think also recognize like one of the big reasons why there was so much hoopla around like alerting parents is like parents have a right to know what their child's doing in a school. Uh, in the event that like something goes wrong and, uh, they, a lot of people were pointing to one example, I think in Red Deer where, um, like a school board or a GSA had like gone off campus, uh, from their school and the, a parent didn't know that a child participated or something like that. And like, I think there's so many rules in place already around like field trips and health and safety and, um, like all the insurance pieces that go along with like school trips, so to speak, that, um, it's already covered. Like it's already, people are already, or students and parents should already be protected. So I don't know why we have to single out one particular kind of club uh, to alert parents of involvement of any kind.
1: So there has been a lot of political focus on GSAs specifically, and um, if the the members of GSAs, if their parents should be made aware of their involvement in the group um specifically by jason Kenny, so i just wanted to know what your thoughts on that were and um if you think that's going to harm anything if that's going to draw people away from joining a gsa and for like joining the safe space
2: mm-hmm. yeah i think i think just fundamentally like the and I, I know there's a lot of question around whether or not like a school would actually act on um the ability for um kind of like alerting parents if students uh, do or do not like join a GSA or participate in GSA I think even just the the threat of that being possibility is a big deterrent for for students like like I said for myself like the coming out process was was a very difficult time and like I was even told like by my family that I wasn't really supposed to be out so to speak and so like I wonder if if knowing like there would be the chance that this would Get back to my parents. Like my my privacy in that moment wouldn't be respected. I feel like I would be less uh, inclined to want to engage in the in the GSA anyway.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think like fundamentally, um, it's like when you're in that room, like when you're you're participating in the GSA, whether it's just casually going to like a lunch meeting or going to an event or whatever it might be, uh, you often are like showing like or exposing like a very vulnerable side of yourself that, um, often for LGBTQ youth, your parents or your, your siblings or your, your family, however you qualify that don't get to see. And it's really supposed to be like up to you to figure out who you do or don't get to, to share that vulnerability with. And so I think the the threat of that, um, like the, the possibility even existing is enough to deter people. Um, and especially like you, I think when you're young and you're in, in high school, especially if not even um, younger, um, you care a lot about like what your family thinks and, and how they're, they're going to react to different situations. And i um, having like the, the assurance that no, your parents aren't going to like, we're not going to out you to your parents. Um, I think is really important to help students feel safe. Um, but I think it's become such a politicized issue that, um, is drawing even more attention to GSAs in negative ways that I don't think is doing any good.
0: That was Shane Scott sharing his experience as a student within a GSA. Now, a Jason kenny led United Conservative Party is passing their Education Act, disrupting spaces that help people like Shane feel safe during their time in high school. Next up, we have Leah McCartney a teacher and the woman who started one of the first GSAs over a decade ago, interviewed by journalist Isaiah Lindo. She adds her thoughts to the mix by contributing her personal experiences as both a student and a teacher, as well as her perspective on the new Conservative Education Act.
3: Um, So I've talked to a couple people, and from a legislative point of view, um, it's been brought to my attention that it was in place for, so that legal action couldn't be taken against the school. Oh, okay. Um, It was explained to me that uh, if someone were, if a child were to get hurt in a GSA meeting, um, then you could notify the parent that someone got hurt, right? Right. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of kickback, and that's a very niche situation to change a whole bill for. Right. Um, What are your initial thoughts on something like that?
5: Um, It seems sort of. nonsensical to me almost like yes. i would think that if if i had a student who was suicidal or self-harming or you know in any way in any danger i would immediately just as a teacher my protocol is to call student services and get them immediate help mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't matter if they're in the gsa or if they're in the science lab or if they're in the you know gym they need help and mm-hmm. student services would immediately take over Oh. So I don't, yeah, I didn't really get that. It didn't oh. seem important to me.
3: Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, has your experience with GSA's been uh, overall good? Yes,
5: right? there, mine you, has. There,
3: has there been any uh, points of contention with you and the board, with you and your principal, with you and any other of the teachers, or has it been kind of smooth?
5: it's been pretty smooth. I mean, when we first started, Mm -hmm. um, we introduced it at a professional day at school when it was only the teachers there. Mm -hmm. And I invited uh, four or five of the kids from the club to come and explain the club to them. And um, they did a great job. A lot of the teachers had never heard of a GSA, and Mm -hmm. they were interested to hear what it was. And you know, our, we have sort of a multi-generational staff, but they were all on board. They mm-hmm. We had these stickers, that's these safe space stickers that the kids gave out. And they said, you know, if you feel comfortable, put a safe space sticker on your classroom door. And I think every
3: teacher put one on their door. How would you see uh, enacting change better than what this bill is doing?
5: Um you mean the new bill? The new bill, tends to the, so the restricting 10. of GSAs, right. yeah. Okay. I would say, like, um, for uh, at our school, our um, I guess our um, credo or our theme that we've been operating under uh, for several years is inside out, we call it. So acknowledging what's going on inside of kids so that they can learn better. Because, of course, if you were – you know, suffering some mental health issues, or you're you have high anxiety, or you know you're depressed, or you have some you know, a conflict at school. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be learning as as well. So, I think that something that's come out of um, researching and getting to know kids from this point of view over the last several years, I think something that I've realized is that you know kids need to be supported. Um, and regardless of politics, regardless of religious background, regardless of cultural background, uh, they need to know that they are safe and that um, they can trust somebody and that they are, um, there's a place where they can be themselves. So I would say that this bill would do better to acknowledge the. Uh, Full lives of kids at mm-hmm. school and not just consider them, you know, academic beings, but also emotional human beings who, you know, need the same kind of help as everybody else.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, is, you, you said that these members of the GSA, they stood out to explain uh, parts of it and kind of get some awareness to it. So yeah. is the GSA in your school anonymous?
5: Uh, not really. I mean, I have a meeting, um, every, at the end of every week in my classroom and we have posters around saying, you know, come to this room every Friday. Right. (laughs) And then most of the time we just hang out, you know, somebody brings baking or snacks and we sit around and talk. Mm -hmm. If there's something interesting going on, you know, we might put a, a video up and watch it and talk about it or, um... Every once in a while, we'll put something together like uh, like for our club's fair, we put together buttons and things like that. Um, I don't think there's a need for it to be anonymous at my school. Okay. Because the kids are pretty accepting.
0: That was Leah McCartney illustrating the journey she's had installing one of Canada's first gay-straight alliances, as well as her time as an educator, highlighting some of the challenges the GSAs will likely face under Alberta's new administration. Lastly we bring in Raymond Johnson-Brown, Director of Community Engagement with Calgary Pride and a youth support worker interviewed by journalist Michaela Newman. Raymond shares the way GSA supports students from the viewpoint of both a youth support worker and a member of the LGBTQ plus community, furthermore helping illuminate the impact made by Jason Kenney's education plan. The negative impacts that
4: I've seen just in the work is is a lack of engagement in school overall. Um, So when I think of some of the youth I work with, they didn't even want to go to school uh, or they didn't want to go to school before, but then they found this GSA. So then that encouraged them to build peers that supported them where they were at. And then through that, then they said, hey, let's go to classes together. And then they would have those friendships and they'd be built there. And they'd almost be excited to go to school because of the GSAs. Now with the new legislation and that fear for them when they return home, we take that out of the equation and then they're not even engaging with school as a whole. So when we look at it from that lens, it's you know, the protections around those GSAs were so critical because that could be the only reason why that young person is going to school in the first place for that community aspect and that, you know, innate need to be accepted and be a part of community. And yeah, again, with that we I've seen in my own work where that's just gone entirely. And that, I, I say we lost a young person in a sense, because there is so much growth and learning that can come from a high school uh, education that can help shape them and, and, and see where their future goes. But if we don't have that protection there in this you know, environment where it's supported by uh, elders and older people and teachers... Um, well, then they're gonna find that somewhere else, and the the repercussions of that could be so much more damaging to them long term. And that's when we start to see, I would be willing to say that's where we start to see people tap into things like addictions and and that. So yeah. Um.
1: So how is this issue affecting you currently? Whether it's like in work or in your personal life, and what are the pros and cons of that?
4: You know, I think that it, I don't, Can I swear? That's no, good. Okay, I won't swear. Uh, <laughs> but the, the poopiest thing about this whole thing is that. At the end of the day, it won't affect me. In reality, I'm a 28-year-old man. I've came out of high school. Uh, My life continues. I have a support group. I have a network. I have connection. Um, So this legislation doesn't impact me on a personal level. And I think that's the the crappy thing about it because we see, once again, older people, adults, politicians making decisions for young people that really aren't going to impact them and their lives. Um, but the repercussions are we see how badly it's going to damage some of these young people and how it's going to affect their growth. And this is the generation that's going to take over for us one day. And we haven't created a safe place for them. And that's, I think, the worst part about it. Um, specific to work, it's just a, a matter of recreating spaces. And so the cool thing is, you know, there's a lot of things like all-ages drag shows that are happening in our city now. And so it's it's connecting those youth who identify uh, as queer to Other spaces to access that sense of community, um, whether it be all ages drag shows, um, reading with royalty, you know, whatever it, it, it is, connecting them to other people like them so that they can have those conversations and that space to explore.
1: Exactly. So it's like not necessarily in high school anymore, but people are obviously finding other spaces to, you know, be openly queer and not have a problem with that. Exactly. It's kind of an issue in and of itself. Like they it should feel
2: safe at
4: school. So. Well, especially because and school's mandatory, I think until 16. I think 16 yes. you can start to. So you're saying you have to go to this space for eight to 10 hours, give or take, on what you're taking in school, eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week. This is such a huge part of. Your existence, and we're saying you have to be here, but we're not going to make you feel safe in that place. We're going to tell you what everything is, and so I think I was listening to a podcast earlier last week, and it talked about um, raising children. I don't have children; I just have a puppy. But when it talk, and so but when you look at raising children, you have to have the children be a part and give them some sense of responsibility within that. And I think GSA is allowed them to be able to have some sense of self in their curriculum because you're told what you need to take you you don't have that creative freedom of uh, what your requirements are to get a high school diploma it's this 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 that and so um by giving them the the GSAs they have that ability to have some sense of self there and now again that's that's lost in that shop by not having it here
1: since you're within the community and stuff like have you noticed a reaction within the community when, you know, the legislation came into place with the Retroactive Education Act, did you notice anybody, you know, talking about that and feeling like openly upset about it?
4: Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of, I'm trying to think of what, because it was the protests that happened, the walkouts that happened. There was a lot of conversation, um, even in like drag shows, drag queens would speak on it, on the mic, looking through social media, just the, the outrage that a lot of people were feeling. Um, and it's very interesting too, because then I explored it further and I said, well how is this such a everyone's agreeing that we should have these this this shouldn't exist, but why does it exist then? And then when I started to explore some resources you know like a, a city uh, or CTV website, when you look at the comments or Facebook public posts, you start to see that there's a lot of people who really hate this and and those are the people that, made up the bulk of the voting majority and, and yeah, anyway, that that made uh, the decision. So, specific to whoever, you know, how the feelings were, it was just a shock that here we are in 2019 in Canada where everyone thinks it's all rainbows and greatness and it is in a lot of ways, but these, these things are, are happening to us and they're impacting
0: the young people. That was Raymond Johnson Brown, educating us with his expertise in the field of youth social work and his experience as a gay man in Calgary, Alberta. Jason Kenney in the United Conservative Party's Education Act has disrupted a safe space that high school students within the LGBTQ community could look towards for the past decade. Circling back to our original question of how we can make these kids feel safer at school, we believe that we may have already had the answer in GSAs, which fostered a sense of community for these vulnerable youths. Through the decision-making of politicians, children who join their school's gay-straight alliance will be exposed to their parents through a teacher, possibly nullifying one of the few places these students can look towards for a sense of belonging. While GSAs might not solve the core reasons why members of the LGBTQ community face discrimination, discussions with people such as Shane Scott, Larry McCartney, and Raymond Johnson Brown provide the very real experiences of members from Calgary, illustrating ample evidence of a positive impact GSAs can have on kids, as well as the disruption caused by Alberta Premier Jason Kenney's Education Act. Thanks for joining us. The Solutions podcast is produced by journalism students at Mount Royal University. This week's episode was produced by Hadil Abdelnabi, Isaiah Lindo, Michaela Newman, and myself, Casa Murali. Further thanks to Lee Rosefriere. J-Blanked and loyalty for contributions to music.